Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Here we go. Two minutes on each then. We will start with the Cheltenham Review, which is going to come in uh, during the new year. We assume BHA-inspired review because of the fatalities at the Cheltenham Festival last year. Should anything change at Cheltenham, Oliver? Would you change anything at Cheltenham, safety-wise or welfare-wise? Uh, no, is the answer. I, I think it was unfortunate what happened the other uh, the previous meeting uh, with those horses ducking out. I, I, I've never seen that since I've been racing at Cheltenham. So... I personally think they, they do a really, really good job. But in terms of reflecting on, on what was a, an unusual number of fatalities at last year's festival, uh, Neil, obviously the BHA have to do a bit of investigation into that. Are there any fences you'd take out or replace, or would you take field sizes down? Yeah, I think it was just very unfortunate. Um, but, you know, Cheltenham obviously is the big... It's our World Cup as, as jump, jump trainers, and it's the most speed and the most you know competitive racing probably all year in England and unfortunately when you're pushing as hard that's when accidents happen yes. when you race horses at full tilt whether it's on the flat or over jumps accidents will happen and there will be fatalities if you bring down the, cl- the, the, the field sizes then obviously you will have fewer fatalities my own view on this is that the, uh, the best barometer for this is your consumer base Cheltenham the Cheltenham Festival seems to be extremely popular uh, with the, the racing public they, it seems to be sold out it seems to get big audiences on TV now if that changes you listen to your audience and you make changes it, it my impression of it at the moment is that it, it is sufficiently popular that one shouldn't necessarily make changes. Of course, fatalities are very sad, but they are a natural consequence of what happens when you race horses at full tilt. You know, uh, there's nothing that will ever change that. Right, we move on. Uh, Beckett is Rafe Beckett and his views on how we might better police the whip regulations. This is your... Oh, God. This is very much in your wheelhouse. Right. Well, before you look at the I'm sorry to be a jurisprudence bore, but before you look at the punishments for an offence, you have to revisit the offence. In my opinion, for all the many things we have to thank Jamie Steer for, the whip rules are a dog's breakfast, and they are a dog's breakfast because of the numbers seven and eight. Thunder Snow, Sumion's ride in the Breeders' Cup. The reason that was abhorrent was because he was hitting the horse with too much force, the horse was losing its balance, it was trying to run forward but couldn't because he was belting it, and he was belting it too, too often and wasn't giving it time to respond. We're hung up on the numbers. What Rafe Beckett says, I, I've no problem... So what does Rafe Beckett well, say? Well, Rafe Beckett's uh, uh, argument is essentially that um, those who transgress the whip rules, that they shouldn't just get, you know, two days off when it's, you know, Plumpton and Warwick or... Hit him where or, it hurts. Yeah. They should they should miss two days of the Channel Festival. I, I don't have a problem with those with that, the idea of 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 that, that take on punishments, but the statute is wrong and it should be revisited now that Jamie Steer's gone back to Australia. Oliver, what do you think about just hitting the jockeys harder where it hurts? Yeah, but the jockeys, it, it's it's such a difficult one. But Frank's on the on the flat. If Frankie Dettori was banned for three days during Royal Ascot, a lot of the crowd go and see Frankie Dettori ride at Ascot. They don't necessarily go and see a horse. Run, they go and see Frankie. He's he's part of he's, he's a front man for racing. Yeah. Uh, it's a I wouldn't have won a Hennessy. 
Leighton got done for, for hitting him more. I think the number thing is a huge one. Personally, I think it should be at the discretion of the stewards. You, as, you in said that, as in Ireland. The, the Sumian thing in, in, in the Breeders' Cup, I watched that. It looked horrendous. But, but those are fair, but it wasn't because there was contact 18 no. times. Look at Ryan Moore. If he, who's a superb exponent of the whip, if he were to hit a horse 18 times, it would be in the right place, not with excessive force, with time to respond. And <laughs> it wouldn't be an abhorrent spectacle. You've been beaten by the bell. Yeah, beaten by the bell. Um, Dan Skelton gets a couple of, uh, couple of goes here. First of all, because he had a four-time yesterday. His brother Harry rode a five-time yesterday. He beat Martin Pipe to the fastest century of winners. I don't think anyone thought that was going to happen, Neil. I mean, you know Martin Pipe extremely well. Did anyone ever think anyone was going to get to 100 quicker than him? And to be able to churn out the numbers of winners that Dan Skelton's doing is quite remarkable. Yeah, obviously the Skelton brothers are doing a fantastic job. They're a great team working together. And obviously the Pipes reinvented racing, really, didn't they? And um, what they did was remarkable, but, you know, you can always be knocked off your perch and you should always be waiting for that to happen. There's always people coming along to try and better you. And, um, but what they've done is, is really good and fair play to them. But Oliver said he wouldn't want to train 150 horses now. You train a lot of horses. Is your view as a young trainer that bigger is better? The more horses, the better? Um, you, know, you need to keep your name in the limelight as much as possible. You need to be having winners. And I think having winners leads you on to, to more success um, and it seems to be that's the way it, it's going people need plenty of horses if you ask Gordon Elliott how many horses he has he wouldn't he, know well, <laughs> his, his answer is not enough you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that, that's the case though now. there are more trainers who think right just give me more well, give me more it's horses it's not just racing it's everything in life now big is better you know, the football clubs are getting bigger, the supermarkets are getting bigger, the fields are getting bigger. Everything's big. It is numbers. Uh, I'm not saying it's not, it's not wrong. It's got to be right in some ways. But I'm just saying if I was, if I was 30 years younger, I'd be, I'd be exactly the same. I'd want to train 150 years. You want to join the echelons of the big boys. And you had the numerically the biggest stable in the country. I, I think did. I, I built my yard was had 18 boxes when I started. It went up to 60. But then in 1984, 85, that was a big yard. It's now a middle-sized yard. Bigger, better. Well, the Skeltons are certainly dominating. And uh, Harry Skelton had five winners yesterday. Four of those for his brother Dan. And it was Dan who mooted the idea earlier in the week that we should actually do more for summer jumping, more summer racing, and a big summer festival a la Galway. Neil, would that work here, do you think? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's just something that definitely needs to be spoken about. Because, you know, unfortunately, like we just had, uh, we're, we're in the middle of the Cheltenham, you know, November meeting, but everybody's already talking about, you know, March, you know, it's all about Cheltenham and March, you know, whereas on the flat you have your Goodwoods, you have your Ascots, you know, you've got your Chester. You know, I, I do think that um, jump racing could do with a, you know, a summer festival. But they, but they have tried, not so much summer festivals, they tried with other festivals. They tried the Newbury, the, uh, the Labbrook now, what was the Hennessy. They've had festivals there and, uh, and everything does lead. I think everything does evolve around Cheltenham, the festival in March, which I think is slightly sad in some ways, much as I adore Cheltenham, we always want to have Cheltenham uh, we always have runners at Cheltenham, but you could have a runner at Cheltenham finishing six, who could have missed out on a 50 grand handicap the week after or the week before, but I, uh, as I said earlier, I'm not a big one for, 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 yeah, for summer jumping, but you have to move with the times, it's here to stay, and I, I think they have small festivals at market races, but it's rather overshadowed by the flat racing 
uh, yeah, when there is flat racing here, sorry, when the flat racing yeah, big meet meetings come into play. In Ireland, uh, you have your Coas and then you have your Lestoles and Trulies and what have you, not Trulies, now it's gone. But uh, I think some of, you've got to have a bit more, some with bigger prize money. I'm not sure about the listed races, which Dan was talking about, having having listed races coming to play, having more of those, I, I, I don't know. But I think you've got to have more festivals, definitely. I prefer a big festival yes. around Christmas time, like whether whether you link Ascot and Kempton. Uh, Cheltenham has become a behemoth. Is that the right mm. words? And and personally, I don't like that. You know, Desert Orchid, we wouldn't speak about in the same terms if he oh, hadn't nice. slogged up mm. the mud to beat Yahoo in 1989. And I would like a big money festival, probably taking in more than one course over the Christmas period. Um, the Dublin Racing Festival is going to be a success in uh, February. Uh, obviously, they've had one mm. of them. That's what I would like to see. What we don't like to see is... Um, emails like this being sent to trainers. Uh, we discussed this a little bit before, but Henry Daly sent me this yesterday, and he's a guest on the show next week. Uh, this is what he got from Mr. Jones. Well, you can read it for yourselves, but the point is, um, it's hate mail, and trainers are getting this now on a daily basis, Oliver, and uh, something's got to be done to stop these people, because it's, out, it's outrageous. The horse he's talking about, the Arthur Cobbler, incidentally, I, I don't know whether the horse has survived. It was in doubt at the end of yesterday with a, a fractured navicular bone. Yeah, I mean, listen, we were talking about, about it before the show. We get it day in, day out, Neil and I. We get emails or texts cause we, because we're in the public eye now. We've got, everybody's got our mobile numbers and everything. We get it the whole time. And they are the proverbial keyboard warriors. They wouldn't say it to your face. And the, the best person of the lot, actually, is Kim Bailey. Kim, I always take the mickey out of Kim because he, he gets anything like this or gets a, a mobile phone, your phone number, he rings them up and tries to explain to them, well, actually, and they're so shocked to get a phone call <laughs> that they actually, you get the odd one who would argue that black was white, uh, and they're so shocked they actually thank him for, for, for making the effort to do it. But you get some hot, I mean, that's tame to some of the ones we do get, mm. uh, and that, that I'm talking about death threats and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's you know, what that I'm saying. It's a bit personal when you get the family involved. And presum presumably this is a police matter, isn't it? Should be. Certainly. When, when I got... Uh, uh, calls to my mobile from three individuals from withheld numbers. I went to the police station and said, you know, I'd like you to make a, num a, a record of what's happened. The, the thing that they did say, uh, as you say, these people are essentially cowards. If their IP address is on an email sending you a thing and say, I'm going to beat you up, the one thing that Catford Police Station said to me was that you can be assured none of these three individuals will lay a glove on you because they've told you they're going to do it. If there is a newsboy hater who's going to bash you over the head with an iron bar, he won't tell you he's going to do it before he does. I, I, I just don't believe one of those exists, a newsboy hater. <laughs> <laughs> We're all newsboy lovers oh, on this program. Beaten us. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But unfortunately for you, unfortunately for you, Fob T's haven't. They're back. They're just weekly, weekly. We just call this the Fob T section. Talk about fixed odds betting terminals for two minutes every week. Here you go, Yatesy. Because the story does develop every week. That's why yes. it's there. Well, it does. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, an issue that that cost uh, Tracy Crouch her job, uh, or that she she re resigned over the delay, which was going to be till October, wasn't it? That the of twenty nineteen, uh, and now they brought it forward to April. Back again. to April. I think it was April originally, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, the, the, the reduction of stakes has gone from, what, 100 quid to 2 quid. It, it seems to me, again, from a, uh, a, a jurisprudential point of view, that once you've enacted a law for the public good, then uh, it, it should become 
law as soon as as soon as you can make it. And so a, a six month delay uh, didn't take, seem to make any sense to me at all. So personally, I'm uh, I, I must say I, I was yet to be convinced that. Uh, Fobty gambling was was more injurious or more pernicious than any any other form of gambling. I must say that I don't I don't think there is hard evidence for that. But the conclusions, pretty much across the house, were that it was hence the law, and so uh, the, the six month delay didn't seem to make much sense to me. But the point is that whilst this is um, perceived as a positive in terms of our ethics, it is going to cost horse racing. Yes, it's going to cost money. But you know if 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 the government has established that a crack cocaine factory is bad for society, the fact that it's going to close earlier and cost jobs is essentially a price that has to be paid. I, do you see what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. that, that uh, across the House, they seem to have, uh, well, I obviously have agreed that that is a social ill. It's going to cost uh, the bookmaking industry the fact that it's come back from October uh, to April. No question about that. Well, that is one problem that racecourses will have to face. Obviously, Toaster Racecourse faces rather more fundamental problems as to how to proceed and how to continue. And Toaster's a place where you have a lot of runners, or have had a lot of runners. I, I love Toaster. It'd be very sad if we lose it. Uh, but I think that's half the half the enjoyment or people why people love British racing or English racing so much is that yeah, the diversity of it. everything's different every race course is different you're right-handed uphill downhill left-handed I think in other countries it's much the same mm. uh, toaster is arguably the stiffest track in England along with possibly Carlisle I would say and uh, uh, it's a lovely small track um, I think personally, again, I think it was ruined a little bit by putting the Greyhound track where it, where, yeah, where it is. I'd love to have it the old way back, well, sorry, the old court course back, because it's rather lost its viewing capacity with the Greyhound track there. Uh, I, I, it's Captain Forster's favourite track years ago. No, you can see uh, why. He said it's a very good track for slow horses. <laughs> um, it's a lot of people's favourite track. A lot of people love Toaster. Uh, Dave, what, what does it, the landscape look like for it? Well, I think it's more uh, encouraging as a result of the news this week, isn't it, that the company that was formed in October that Lord Heskis is linked to, they, they might end up getting a very good deal, uh, actually. I, I agree with Oliver. It's, it's the first track I ever visited, actually. I, I don't think aesthetically it was done many favours by the Greyhound track. Looking across from the press room and seeing the, 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 the verdant vista, that, uh, that church spire in the distance, is, is one of my, you know, treasured... Memories, and uh, I, I hope that it it can be saved. And you know, I think it's a, like Oliver says, the, the diversity of British racing is its is its great selling point. Uh, Neil, do you run many a toaster? Yeah, we've had plenty of runners there in the past, Nick. Um, as it's been mentioned a couple of times already, just the, the viewing hasn't been helped by the by the greyhound course. But um, yeah, it's been a good good track, and um, seems to have a good following on a regular basis. Well, we shall uh, watch this space uh, as regards the future of Toaster. Those were this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.